You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? On a Tuesday, January the 4th and a Wednesday, January 5th, it's Matt Derry and it's Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We talk Detroit Lions football. Week 18 is here and upon us. 17th game for the Lions, the 2-13-1 Detroit Lions. Getting ready to face Green Bay Packers, uh, the NFC North champs, top seed in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers and company coming up Sunday at Ford Field. There's talk that the regulars are going to play for the Packers on Sunday. Huh? The line has jumped. We'll tell you about that. Also, Dave Burkett from the Free Press will join us today to a recap kind of the season a little bit, get Dave, get Dave's thoughts on the end of the year and what he's seen so far. And will Jared Goff play this weekend? All of that coming up here on the program. We appreciate your listening and joining us. We're with you each and every day. And, of course, the postgame pods on Sunday. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, where you get the podcast at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Locked On Lions on Twitter, and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Lions were, at one point, for the first time all year, a favorite for, like, one minute. Like, Sunday night into Monday, Vegas said, oh, Packers are in, they're going to rest everybody, um, no one's going to play. So the Lions were an early one-and-a-half-point favorite, but now... Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said yesterday, Aaron Rodgers said last night on the Manning cast that the regulars are going to play. Rodgers was like, yeah. They're like, aren't you sitting out this week? He goes, I don't think so. I don't want to. Rodgers wants to play this week. So according to our friends at betonline.ag, the Packers are now two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Lions Sunday. Just two-and-a-half points. Well, that's because it's expected. And let's say Rodgers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, uh, uh, you know, their whole O-line, the tight ends, DeGuara, all those guys end up playing. They're not going to play much. You know, maybe work up a little bit of a sweat and then give way to Jordan Love and company. Why on earth would Green Bay trot out Jair Alexander, who's coming back from injury recently, or or anybody else on their defense, Or, or Preston Smith? Why would they do that? Or Kenny Clark? Would make no sense to me. But LaFleur is saying yesterday, quote, right now the mindset going into this is that we're going to play our guys and we're going to approach it like any other game. I just think the reason behind that is I'm not comfortable having essentially a three-week layoff for our team, end quote. Hmm. Now, what about Jared Goff? Will he play a Sunday against the Packers? Today on the uh, weekly interview on 97.1 The Ticket with the Carson Anderson program, Goff said after missing last week, he had a good uh, workout uh, testing his injured knee this morning. Quote, last week was leaning a little bit the other way from 50-50, and as the week went on, I just didn't really progress fast enough. Was hopeful, but this week is a little bit more hopeful. We'll see. End quote. Of course, Jared Goff tested positive for COVID-19 and missed the Atlanta game and uh, wasn't ready to come back. Then last week was practicing, but we heard about this knee injury and didn't play um, in the Seattle game. So he's missed the last two. Tim Boyle has played, has not played all that well. And uh, you know the Lions want to go and win this game, and it doesn't hurt their draft status either way. Um, 
Well, it would hurt it if Jacksonville won, but Jacksonville is not going to beat the Colts. But uh, I think Jared Goff has a good chance he will play Sunday when the Lions face the Packers. So that's your uh, Tuesday update on the team. We're going to talk to Dave Burkett and really dive into what the Free Press's uh, fine beat writer uh, thinks of this current outfit and and a look ahead to kind of the offseason and everything else. We'll do that coming up next. Uh, but, hey, Lions fans, Matt Derry here with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. We always love catching up with Dave Burkett from the Free Press. Covers the Lions and gives us a couple minutes here on Locked On Lions today. Hello, David. What's up, Matt? How are you? Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, man, you too. How about them Lions, huh? <laughs> Hopefully this is a, uh, a better year, 2022, for, for everyone, Lions included, because it's been a rough year. Felt nice when we got a couple wins here at the end, so we didn't have to do the, uh, the death march to 0-17, but a uh, rough season all around. You know, it's interesting because... Just after that one game, you know, and after the Minnesota win, it's like, man, they 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 they're turning a corner, looking better, and then there's there's been some ups and some downs. So either, you know, when the lows are low, it's bad, but then when the highs are high, it's like, wow, I'm in Ross St. Brown's like a star. It's like almost nothing in between right now. No, I see you're right. St. Brown, they, they found a little something there. I mean, fourth round pick, you know, you wouldn't expect a guy to have the production that he's had when you, when you take him that late in the draft. And maybe some of it is due to, you know, obviously not having much around him. But I think we've seen with his versatility and the things that he's done, just that, that he's going to be a really good player for a long time. But I don't know that there's been a, a ton great outside of that. I mean, look, I'm, I'm still firmly in the Dan Campbell camp. You know, I think he's done a good job with, with what they've had. And I, I think it was important for him to get, you know, some wins, the couple that the Lions did get this year. But, um, you know, you look at what's what happened defensively last week. That was a rough showing all the way around. Uh, I think, you know, Jared Goff still has some things that he has to answer uh, for the Lions going forward. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of needs that this team is going to have in this offseason. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Dan Campbell. Let's start with the head coach because your grades, and I read them every Monday, you know, I thought it was fair. I mean, it was a, a failure of the coaching staff this week. They they looked like they weren't prepared for Seattle, especially that run game. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden that Dave Burkett thinks that Dan Campbell should be fired. So that's I know it's a tough balance for you and in the days of social media and Twitter. But hey, you're going to call it like you see it. This is a rookie coach, and this isn't Vince Lombardi here. And certainly the roster is not uh, not the late '60s Packers either. No, and, and some people do get that twisted, right? Like, oh, why you, why you, you know, this isn't his fault. Look who he has. I'm thinking, no, no, I, I know this isn't his fault, right? I, I know the, right. the, the, the shape 
of the the Lions roster right now and, and what they have and who they've lost, frankly. I mean, you know, you, when you lose a, a TJ Hawkinson and you're you're down your starting quarterback and you're you know you haven't had Frank Ragnow since October and you know you're you're short every basically impact player that you have on defense. I mean, there, there's only so much you can do. So I understand that, but you still need a better showing out of your team than than you had this past week. And I think what Dan said, you know, Monday just sort of. Um, explaining, I guess, what uh, the Seahawks were able to do in the run game and how they were able to, to challenge the, the Lions with some of the motions that they had and, and Russell Wilson, some of the, the rollouts that he had and how the Lions, you know, they, they looked like they hadn't seen some of that, that stuff before. I, I think that validates it that, yeah, there was – look, the defense was bad all the way around and, and, and you can't throw three interceptions and expect to win. But, you know, this, this team just – they didn't look prepared in that game and, and that's, that's not an indictment on the coaching staff. It's just they had a bad week and, and they need to have their team better prepared this week. What, what kind of grade would you give Dan overall, though, on the season? Uh, you know, I'll, God, I'm going to have to do that in a week or so, aren't I, when I do my, my end of season grades? I mean, look, I, I think he's he and his staff, because this is a complete you know staff grade, it's not just him, but I think they've been above average. I mean, um, I don't know where exactly that will fall, you know, B minus, C plus, I mean, probably somewhere in that area. It's certainly not an A when you win two games. That's not, you know, you can't reward a, a coach or a staff uh, for that. But look, I, I think, you know, I know Dan catches a lot of flack for some of the, the fourth down decisions. And, and frankly, I know a lot of those have backfired, but mathematically, you know, those are the right things to do. And, and I love the aggressive nature of, of coaches who want the ball, uh, you know, in their players' hands when, when, when big situations, you know, warrant and and so i i i think he's done a good job with that i think this team has uh, defensively not you know or last week withstanding notwithstanding i guess uh you know they've overachieved in some ways i mean they just don't have a lot of playmakers on defense and so i think aaron glenn has done a good job with that unit um you know the offense here the second half of the season has looked better even though it's not uh, anywhere near you know top of the nfl caliber but it's looked better since dan has, has taken on the play calling so i think there's a lot to like about what dan campbell has done with this team um you know his players continuing to play for him uh, you know, in, in winning some games here late, that's a good sign. Um, ultimately, you know, this was sort of a free pass year, I guess, for him and Brad Holmes and, and most everyone in the organization. And before long, they're going to have to start to show it with some wins on the field. Dave Burkett from the Free Press uh, with me here. What about uh, Anthony Lynn? Do you think his resignation comes Sunday at what, 515, 5.30? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, here, here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, obviously it's going to be tough for him to come back, you know, if he's not calling plays and after you you know have those you know duties taken from you midseason but you know Anthony Lynn has been uh you know he, he's the guy that that oversees the run game so you know I, I think um you know he does deserve some credit for for what's going on here the second half of the season offensively too you know yes it's Dan Campbell calling plays and and certainly there seems to be a better connection with with Dan and Jared Goff than than you know Anthony Lynn had with the quarterback but um, you know, let's 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 give Anthony Lynn a little bit of credit here for this run game and some of the, you know, uh, success they've had in the absence of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams to keep that thing going. So, but you're right. Look, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a lot uh, about Ben Johnson's impact on the offense, and uh, you know, I, if I had to, you know, 
guess who the Lions' offensive coordinator would be next year. I, I think it would be tough to to not reward Ben Johnson for some of the role that he's had here the second half of the season. Too soon, uh, Dave, to say Aaron Glenn gets a couple of interviews for he- for head coaching jobs with what he's done. Like you mentioned, I mean, you said the yep. defense doesn't have a lot of playmakers. I don't know if they have any. <laughs> I mean, maybe Oruarie's uh, really starting to come on, and obviously Romeo's been hurt all year. But yep. um, what about Aaron Glenn? Yeah, um, you know, he, he did interview for the Jets job last year. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, been on the circuit, I guess. And, you know, his name is is and will be out there a little bit. But, you know, if you're a – I always try to put myself in the, the hiring team's shoes at this point, right, that um, as much as I, I do think Aaron Glenn, you know, can be a head coach in the NFL one day soon, I just can't see it happening this year because how does a, a team sell to its fan base? You're hiring a defensive coordinator off a, you know, a, a two and fourteen yeah. team in, in a team that, you know, whose, whose defense ranks near the bottom of the NFL in most categories. So um, I think Aaron Glenn uh, coming off a good season would be a, a hot coaching candidate, but I, I think the numbers just won't allow that to happen this year. Speaking of the defense. Um... You know, I was looking at the PFF numbers yesterday. Owns Arike and McNeil. Obviously, Sewell and and St. Brown are the studs of this draft class. But what about these other two guys? It's weird to, you know, some some people call it Levi a bust. Like way too early for that. But I'd say disappointing though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, especially out of your second round pick, you, you expect a little more production. Um, it, but but you're right. I mean, you know, think, think about it. Levi missed a lot of time this summer, um, and so you know, I don't know what the the expert. He was coming in behind the eight ball, I guess, to start the season. I know he's played, you know, 15 games or whatever, just about every game. So that hasn't been an issue. But where he came from, um, and then not to have really the sack production, right? I, I think that's why the Lions. Um, and maybe not even sacks, just the pass rush production as a whole. You know, I, I don't know how many quarterback hits he has or quarterback pressures he has, but it can't be more than a handful. You know, he had the one sack against Chicago, and, and that's really been the, the highlight of the season for him. So I, I think, you know, the expectation was to get a little bit more out of him on the defensive line. Um, and, you know, this offseason and, and next year are going to be big for him, telling for him, because – um, you know, he is a young guy and he didn't play in 2020. And so, you know, you expect to see major growth, I guess, going into 2022. Um, you know, as for Aline, I, you know, I, I think he's a little different player. You know, you can't really judge it by some of the numbers. And I think he's done some some good things defensively against the run. So, um, I, you know, I don't know that I would put him into that disappointing category yet, but uh, definitely safe to say these when when they come back next year, you know they're going to have a lot of new faces on defense and they need some big time production from those young defensive linemen uh, if that defense is going to take a big step forward in 2022. Let's talk a little offense and the draft with Dave. We'll do that coming up next. Bet online as you covered this holiday season and we're past the holidays, but we still have bowl games. And, of course, NBA and NHL and everything else going on. The NFL playoffs coming up in Week 18. You want to put the bets down, you do so at betonline.ag. They remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season. It's simple. You go to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Bet online, fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They get all the lines, all the props, everything else you need is right there at betonline.ag. Where? The game starts. I'm back with Dave Burkett of the Free Press. Covers the Lions, of course, does a, a fantastic job. What year for you, by the way, now on this Lions beat? 
too many. That's what I was. No, well, no, I think. No. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, you know, I did 2008, so I did that winless season. Then I was, was covering Michigan for a year, and then I've been back straight since 2010. So oh my gosh! I guess it's about 12 of them now. How so. about that? How about that? Has this year been like? I don't know. Has it been more fun? Because Campbell seems like in these pressers, he takes every question. He's, 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 you know, affable. I mean, it seems like it's for the beat writers at least. It's a better team to cover, right? Oh, I, I think there's no doubt that that Dan, um, you know, has has brought a, a sort of lighter mood, I guess, to the, you know, uh, there's always a trickle down effect too. So to a lot of people in the organization, you know, when your your leader, that when the guy out front is like that, um, you know, a lot of people sort of follow suit. And so I think from that standpoint, it's been, um, you know, easier to cover in some ways, but. Uh, you know how this is these like you know the the better the team is i think the easier it is to cover too and and um you know so two and 15 or two and 14 isn't hasn't been a, a great thing to cover and and then the other thing you know we're still dealing with these covid restrictions and yeah you know for a guy who's who's done this for a dozen years and is used to being in the locker room and being able to talk to whoever you want you know and carry on conversations and find good stories that way you know that's still sort of a, a downer but uh you know i know uh you know that's a, a small thing with with everything going on in the world the team, the team played much better when Kyle Mikey was not there. By the way, just... <laughs> <laughs> right? We'll get him infected again. <laughs> oh, the crazy Kyle! But uh, all right, tell me about the, the offense. I mean, I, I know the question is going to be who the quarterback is next year. It sounds like Golf again, and, and you know, obviously that number is very high. And and then I think get out from underneath this contract much easier after next season. But you know, I, I mentioned letter grade on Campbell. What about Jared Goff? Yeah, look, I, I still am in the you know camp that you know for the Lions to do anything, um, you know, sustainable success that is you know to to achieve the level that they want to achieve. I, I think they're they're going to have to find their you know their long term solution at quarterback. You know, and, and look, I, I give you know Jared credit that you know the, the past month when he's been healthy, you know, six weeks, whatever it's been since the bye, you know, he's he's played pretty well and uh, you know better than he did the first half of the season. But um, you know. Uh, I, I think you can go back and look at the the numbers of the teams that have, have won Super Bowls, and it's something crazy like you know 49 out of 55, whatever, have had a Hall of Fame quarterback on their team. You know what I mean? So there's there's a you know if you want to be that type of team, I think you have to find a long term solution at that position. And you're right, Jared Goff is probably the guy next year, and I don't know what that means for the Lions in the draft because there certainly doesn't look like there's going to be the you know that type of quarterback talent at the top of the draft for the Lions to take. And, you know, I, I would expect the Lions to be significantly better next year. And, and maybe that takes them out of the mix for a guy like a CJ Stroud or, um, you know, Alabama's quarterback or, you know, whoever is sort of emerges as, you know, um, a, you know, a, a top draft pick, you know, if it's not young or, or Stroud. And, and so um, look for the for, you know, the Lions, I, I think Jared Goff can be. Um, maybe a little bit better of a bridge quarterback than we thought, right? He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, and he can do some good things when he's surrounded by the right people, as Dan Campbell has said. But, um, you know, you, it, that says enough about a quarterback right there. When you need to have that, all things working well around you to be successful, I think that tells you all you need to know about the direction that you have to take at that position. And for what you know of, of Brad Holmes here in this pretty small sample size, you know, I was looking at PFF today. Their their mock had the Lions taking Malik Willis thirtieth, I think, with the Rams pick. Uh, you know, for what you know about Holmes, do you go? You know what? I don't sense Brad at two and thirty is going to take. Well, not at two, 
but at 30 or even, I mean, when does he take his quarterback? And if he does, you know, or, or, or does he not even take one? Because this, this organization is notorious, including Brad last year, of not taking quarterbacks like ever. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's something to, to really think about. I mean, right? Obviously, they, they passed on Herbert and, and Tua for you know however Tua was going to turn out, right? They passed on a couple quarterbacks then, and, and last year they passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones. And um, you know, Brett did say that um, you know once Trey Lance was off the board, uh, you know that 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 was you know they knew they weren't going to take a quarterback there. So you know maybe you know I, I think it has to be the right quarterback for Brett to to make that that pick right to pull the trigger on that position and i think that's the right approach you know that's not a position that you need to roll the dice on you don't want to back yourself into the corner of having to take one just to take one that's when you end up with christian ponder you know as your your first round pick and so i don't i don't think the lions have to force that but god if like i said you know next year these you look at their schedule like they should be you know, significantly better next year, right? And, and even if you're a, a six or seven win team or whatever, like you're not picking in the top five. And so you're not going to get a Bryce Young and you're not going to get a CJ Stroud. And those guys are the gems of the class. And so it's just certainly it's, you know, this is, it's the Lions lot, right? To be, have the, the number two pick in a draft where there's no great prospect. Of course. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you, you're, you know, then you play yourself out of contention maybe for a quarterback. So um, it's going to take some maneuvering from Brad Holmes and, uh, you know, I wouldn't, you know, say that it's it's not going to happen this year or next, and they're going to look at all these quarterbacks, and who knows, maybe they they fall in love with a Willis or a Sam Howell or somebody like that that they can get late in the first round, and you know, he, uh, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, and we can go with you know all these guys that have been later picks, you know, not top ten picks that have developed, so um, they can still find their guy. It's just going to take a whole lot more work and be a lot tougher to find. Final thing you mentioned. Um... The rest of the offense, we talked about St. Brown. Obviously, he's a lock to come back. T.J. Hawkinson, you're building around him. Uh, the running back room looks good in the O-line room. There's some depth now there. Yep. So is it, is it so obvious that they've got to add two, three wide receivers in this offseason? Well, yeah, no, I think, you know, that's why, you know, the, the offense's production was, um, you know, why it, why it baffled some people early on, you know, or why they, they, they thought it should have been better when you had a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff with that, you know, good offensive line, even though it had some injuries early and, and with a, a decent collection of running backs. And I think as you look, as you look ahead to the future, right, they're going to have all five offensive linemen back. They're going to have their top couple running backs back and Goff is probably your quarterback. So who do you pair with Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds, his contract is up. You know, I, I would think they, you know, they, they make a move to, to re-sign him, but I don't think that solves all their issues at the receiver you know Quintus Cephas comes back from injury you still need in my opinion to draft a wide receiver high you know probably with one of your first three picks I mean I think if you can get that type of guy then maybe he's not you know he doesn't have that that same brown type impact right away but you can see this thing developing with Hawkinson at tight end and St. Brown and another young guy at receiver and, and you know the, the collection that you have on your offensive line that down the road when it's time to contend in 2023, uh, you know, that the Lions will have the makings of a pretty good offense. Man, we went 17 minutes without Hutch, uh, the Hutchinson-Thibodeau <laughs> debate, but I, we could save it for another time, right? I mean, geez, it's, that's going to be the talk, especially if Jacksonville takes Evan Neal or something, and it's like... Yeah. Hey, and if you're Jacksonville, I mean, you, you know, you got to do something to, to protect that, you know, the, the investment you made in Trevor Lawrence. Right. So I do think the Lions could could still have their choice of pass rushers at number two. And we'll see. That's that's definitely something to I think both.
both those guys will be in the mix. They both look like top five picks. We'll see. Although after I watched Nicobe Nicobe Dean the other night, I'm like, let's go. It was nice. Yeah, no, he was oh, nice. But geez. hey, I did a little film review for Freep.com on Hutch, and, and I thought he didn't have a you know his best game. Obviously, he didn't have his most impactful game, but Georgia game planned against him, and he did still did some really good things. So I, you know, don't uh, don't discount him. He's he's still going to be a, a good NFL player. All right, Dave. Great catching up, buddy. Thanks. All right, Dave. We'll see you. Dave Burkett, Free Press with us here on Locked on Lions on this a Tuesday. Don't forget the crossover with Peter Bukowski from Green Bay on Thursday. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.